Welcome to Recover His Way. I'm your host, Tom Reynolds, and today I'm here with Stuart Whiting. And Stuart, who normally kind of co-hosts this with me, is now today, you're our guest. I am the guest. I'm sitting in the right side. First time I've been in the guest seat. There you go. There you go. And we've been talking about this series kind of born out of our um, our thoughts about the the, um, the fundraiser dinner we're going to have coming up in August about All Rise. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things we're recognizing is that being a part of this recovery ministry isn't just about helping men and their families change and grow and, and rise up, but that as we serve them, as we work alongside them, and that type of thing, that we find ourselves being yeah. changed and that we're impacted sure. as well. You know, you've joined us the last few years on this journey and helping our guys, and, and I think your story is an interesting one in terms of how it's impacted you and your family and that type of thing as well. And you chose, obviously, to leave a very good career to, to join us, and so I'd like to hear more about kind of what your journey's been. Maybe you can just kind of start from the beginning, kind of give us some background, and we can talk about how God's affected you through this. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, I had a great childhood growing up, a great family, military brat. Dad was Air Force. You know, it's one of those things, and reflecting on it, in the moment, you don't realize how good it is, how great mm -hmm. it is. I mean, uh, I, I always knew it was good, but looking on, you know, back on it now, just how blessed I was, a loving family, a Christian family, uh, great older brothers. You know, they didn't pick on me too too bad. You know? <laughs> they tended to fight among themselves, but um, you know, loved school, loved learning, loved mathematics, and went to Auburn to study engineering because that's what seemed like a practical way to you know use math. And uh, met my wife there, uh, part of a great ministry there, the Auburn Christian Student, Student Center, and uh, got a job here in Huntsville, like many engineers do that live in this part of the world, mm -hmm. um, attracted to this incredible, um, you know, concentration of technical kinds of jobs, uh, was with that company for 25, almost 25 years, um, was part of a team that developed uh, data collection systems for automobile assembly plants. Oddly enough, I'm not a car guy, but the computer systems that I helped develop um, are in and to this day are still running in, you know, a dozen plus manufacturing plants around North America. And, um, you know, really love the work, the challenge of building something new and putting it out mm -hmm. in the team. Great team of, of people working together. All of us were long-termers, 10, 15, 20 years, you know, not job hopping like a lot of people mm -hmm. do. Got to know them really well. And uh, yeah, it was really, you know, really great time here in Huntsville and uh, raised uh, two girls that are uh, both through college now and live in Nashville. A uh, wonderful wife and family. I've always had great church families I'm part of. So, you know, just really blessed uh, mm -hmm. to be, have a lot of support and not a lot of dysfunction, which is, I guess, something we'll get into <laughs> a little bit about what I've learned. Right, yeah. right. Well, I think, you know, of course, we've known each other ever since I moved to Huntsville. Yeah. So 28 years, I think, mm -hmm. we've known each other. So I've been a part of that journey with you a lot and uh, obviously love you and appreciate you and your talents and you've been a huge blessing in my life long before coming to His Way. But I guess I'm interested too. And so you obviously were aware of His Way because totally. you had come out and you'd been supportive and that kind of stuff. Um, kind of maybe take us through this decision because you got this very successful career, 25 mm -hmm. years, you're locked in. I mean, you can do this the rest of your life. You're yeah. set. There's no sweat with this. And you come to this decision to abandon that, leave that, mm -hmm. and, and join you know, our efforts. What prompted that? Yeah, it's again, it's hard. Maybe in retrospect, I can understand a little better. But in the moment, 
you, you mentioned it's kind of no sweat. And you know how I like to make things efficient. Mm-hmm. I like to boil it mm-hmm. down to repeatable process. And my, my job actually had very much become that. It, the, uh, it was a lot of maintenance of what we were doing. And it still was great work. Dynetics, great company. I'm still you know doing very low-level work because that system is out there. And uh, nothing but great things to say about them. But there was this time through 2014, 2015, where, I don't know, something just wasn't fulfilling about work. And of course, I think particularly as men, but certainly all people that work, you know, uh, looking for something that feels like you're doing something important. And I think that's what, you know, just, I wasn't, that wasn't happening for me. And I think my, my wife, Misty, um, understood that at some level. And even though I couldn't <laughs> always put it into words and, you know, it's funny, even in our team, as great as the guys were and, and loved being with them, we didn't really have to interact very much. All of us were, because the system was now mature, um, we, we all were kind of siloed. And even though we all worked up and down the same hallway, we didn't have to see each other. Uh, a lot of just email and phone call. I, I, most of my closest relationships at that point were actually with people in Detroit. That We had a group in Detroit. And that's all feels at some point becomes very impersonal. And I think that was a part of, you know, not feeling connected to people as much. I'm not the biggest extrovert in the world, but, you know, I realized that I, I enjoy being with people. It's interesting that during COVID, that group 100% got permanently sent home <laughs> to work from home mm-hmm. because they could. Right. We were already right. basically working that way in offices. Right. And I would go, I would, I would take an afternoon break, you know, and get up and just kind of go and, hey, is everyone alive? You know, we're, <laughs> we're here. We're next door. Even the guy I worked with most closely was right next door to me. Great guy, Bruce. He his system was the most immediate, you know, companion to my system, and mm-hmm. we kind of our systems talk together. When we needed a new feature, we were so adept at this point of how it worked. I just shoot him an email, hey Bruce, we need to do this one little thing, and he'd respond, okay, Adam. The next thing we know, we're going. We didn't have to like collaborate mm-hmm. and you know design anything. So um, the maintenance part of it, it, the nature of that work, it was never really going to be anything different. And you know, when I was 45, 46 years old, and thinking. I think it just occurred to me, you know, I've still got a lot of work in mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you're 25, you think, oh man, 45, you're right. really old. Right. But, you know, you realize I've got, I've got, a, I've got something maybe I could do differently. Right. And so, yeah, so I, you know, I reached out to um, you and Bill Nyland, I, Bill in particular, who was working here at the time and just said, hey, you, you guys know me really well. Is there a place for me here? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was wondering, what, I was thinking, what, what, I never. I don't know what the conversations were at that point. I know. I, I have a sense of that, but I'm curious from your side. What? How did that go? Well, I mean, yeah. We obviously we had thought a lot because we've interacted over the years, and yeah. we even relied on you with your talent and your skills, particularly technically, to help support us every day. You'd come out and do things for us and that yeah. kind of thing, and and help us. You were always our go-to guy. And um, yeah, when we were, you know, when you kind of reached out and said, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of." considering something. I mean, we're quick to say, wow, that'd be great. What can we do? And then, of course, you have to figure out, okay, so where does he fit in this? Right. You know, because we're not really, it's not like we have a clear spot and that kind of thing. And yet, I guess I've always operated, and you've seen it operate here, mm-hmm. that, you know, we really want to find talented, passionate people and kind of find a place for them. Because I feel like if we get talented, passionate people, you know, they'll make They'll help make things better, yeah. and they'll kind of fit in a, in a role and become a part of the team. So I think, you know, that's kind of how we saw it. And, you know, then we started discovering and kind of identifying right. where some things we can kind of— I remember sitting right here when this area used to be your uh, mm-hmm. couch in your, your office, and 
Um, and Bill just saying, well, you know, you know, we're in a point of growth here where we, we're about to build a new building mm-hmm. and considering what kind of new hires we might make. And I think what was on the immediate horizon was maybe an assistant Tom mm-hmm. director, pastoral mm-hmm. type, which I, clearly I'm not. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, I, I've, I was really, it was really a blessing for, for us to be able to talk about what might be. And, you know, then to come in and see, okay, this is still in a sense running as a small startup uh, from, from the, how the way the office works mm-hmm. and right. the way, you know, a business, not the business part of it necessarily, but just how processes mm-hmm. and things run. And so I saw, okay, yeah, there's a place here um, where I can still be technical because what I didn't know and had no idea about was what it meant to be a part of a recovery, you know, right. center. Right. And, right. Um, and, and I knew it was going to be, that was going to be a challenge. I remember one of, um, one of our mutual friends at church um, asked me to, you know, have a coffee together. And he's like, how, how in the world do you think you can really do this? Are you, your, is your temperament going to allow for this? Mm-hmm. And he was challenging me on it. And I said, well, I'm not going to be as directly involved, you know, with the men's recovery. And I, I was looking at it as a chance to kind of grow, which is maybe we'll get into that a little bit about how that's happened. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, I was really blessed also that Misty, during this time, she was she she knew that I wasn't really happy with my with my otherwise great job. I had no reason not to be happy with it. And uh, you know, we had one daughter in college and another one that was just about to graduate high school. And she never once tried to you know be the wet blanket on that. And she said, "I think I think you should pursue this." And uh, and of course, we weren't quite to a new phase yet of growth yet. Not not everything that as you said I've grown into was really. In place, a, right. in place to get going at that point, but yeah. Right. So then we started off. Well, I mean, but I mean, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm putting myself in your position. I mean, you have a good career. I'm sure a good income. You got a track that's going to kind of progress that way. Um, and and the reality is, I mean, I know you and I talked a little bit. I mean, where you were, I mean, you could easily take your your skill set and go tr- somewhere else mm-hmm. and make good money and kind of get a new career going and move in that direction. And so to derail all of that mm-hmm. to to a nonprofit addiction ministry kind of thing, I mean, what's what was the thought process? Why? I mean, you said kind of the significance thing, making a difference, but how do you do that? Yeah, I think that was it. You know, it's interesting that when I wasn't sure what I wanted to do next, I also had gone through the entire interview process with another very similar uh, company in town that we mutual friends, mm-hmm. three or four of them worked in that group. That was a, a chance um, kind of, you know, conversation that said, Hey, if you know, people looking for jobs, young engineers, we're hiring. And I was like, well, how young? And they're like, Oh, why do you ask? You know, kind of thing. And they made a great offer that would have all of those things about career and you know, the, the salary would have not been an issue at all. But, you know, I, I, I think I looked into thinking ahead, I had the package in my hand and I, I it's like, I, I, I want, I just wanted something different. You know, I, I again, I, I could foresee in that being, I'd be in the same scenario. It wasn't, it wasn't about leaving the, the system I was working on to do some, it was really about doing something fundamentally different with people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I think that that kind of work is absolutely fulfilling and it just had no longer was that for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I would not preach or begrudge anyone to say, Oh, everyone should be, you know, in ministries or anything mm-hmm. like that. But just for where I was, 
you know, saying, I, I, I'm willing to do this. It never felt like a sacrifice. It, it may have caused the support I had. And um, it never felt like a big leap of faith. And again, I think had I not known you and Bill and Brenda working mm-hmm. at thrift stores and all that, then I probably would have never thought about, you know, oh, mm-hmm. go work for a recovery ministry. You know, that mm-hmm. would have been, I think, very unusual. Right, right. Um, but uh, because of that, it, it maybe it's the opposite side of what you said earlier. You know, if you think good people are available, you're going to find a way. But it's like, I think I can find a way to be a part of a team of good people. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, the um, one of the things that obviously you came here with some expectation that you were making a change towards something else mm-hmm. of some kind. Um did you find this something else? And what was it that you found here? And maybe what's it become versus what you expect it to be? Oh, boy, I'm not quite so introspective as <laughs> the way you put that. Um, so I don't know what I expected, except that it would be different. Um, I'll tell you what some of the things that I've, I've found is I, I was very much in a bubble with the way life was. Um, working around a lot of the same kinds of people, obviously, even like our management were just other engineers and programmers, um, everyone, you know, doing their own thing. There wasn't actually, like I say, a lot of team interaction. And that's something that's fundamentally different here. And certainly not with the, per- when you're, when your end product is a piece of software mm-hmm. and having to troubleshoot that piece of software when it's running in, you know, in a manufacturing environment, I think the number one skill I probably developed over all those years was troubleshooting, you know, just being able to hear what's going on and go find, you know, the root cause in a quick, something quick to get it working again. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously completely different from that. You can't, you don't troubleshoot people and, um, and the quick, the quick fix to get it up and running again is, you know, probably rarely the best, the best decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, learning, that um, there's just, you know, are just experiencing this broader world of even what work life looks like, mm-hmm. working within very, very different kinds of thinking right. people and who are like you coming from a ministry standpoint. Um, or again, I was just very, very siloed in, in how that looked. Well, and you mentioned, you know, having grown up in a really great family, being very active in church, going through a, you know, wonderful campus ministry experience Mm -hmm. coming into a, you know, um, career in which you were with you're all these things. You're very much, as you mentioned, kind of in this bubble. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you come here and you're exposed to people who are, have not been, and that probably ever even seen a bubble like yours. Right. And all of a sudden you're confronted with that. How have you processed just dealing with the, the addict and the lifestyle and all those kind of things? Cause it definitely is, could be jarring for somebody who's been, um, in a much more um, isolated environment. Yeah, um, I've, you know, I had, a, there was addiction in my family, but it wasn't really directly, it was, uh, I didn't have to live with that in our household and active. It was, um, so I've never, before I got here, I never really saw just the real consequences and the real brokenness that happens. And of course, even here, I'm not a frontline working with, you know, a guy's recovery in the sense of the that kind of typical counseling and, um, you know, one-on-one, you know, digging deep to the problem and helping. And I really don't have those skills, quite honestly. Um, but so so there's a sense where I'm, I really get to deal with the guys and they just, they just feel like guys to me. You mm-hmm. know, I don't, 
I'm, I'm, I'm aware of, you know, why they're here. Certainly know that and why, what I, what I should be a part of in helping their recovery. But I'm also, um, I'm a little, you know, I'm, I'm still one distance away from it. And so it hasn't really felt that drawing. I do think a new word that came into my vocabulary, I found myself saying over the past five or so years is the word messy. You know, everything, there's a lot of messiness here. And in the software world, we don't like messy. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea if people say, well, we want, we want a feature that does maybe this or that or that. And it's like, tell me what you want. You know, I need to know what, what are the parameters? What are the, what's the, what's the outcome we need? And that's what we're driving to. And, um, and so I'm, I think I'm much more aware of, obviously that's the way life always works. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that has translated for me into um, how I, how I, you know, interact with people a lot more. And I can remember early on the times I did have to deal with, um, deal with is the wrong word, but just, I was interacting with residents a little more hands-on, like if maybe we were overseeing um, all of us putting those volleyball floors together. Mm-hmm. And just to see the the <laughs> the defiance about, I'm going to stand over here and not, not help, you know, some one resident when 30 other guys are, you know, trying to and I would get so frustrated just like no this is this is you know how, how can you let these other guys do the work and and there were times Daryl had to say Stuart just go go and because he's he's learned how to you know how to how to manage that better I think I've grown in those areas and realizing um you know that where a lot of that's coming from and how I can be beneficial in the way I respond versus not. I'm not a very I'm not a very patient person, and but I think I've grown in that over this, and uh, particularly you know helping with the guy's money, and uh, seeing that part in bank. If you want to talk a little bit about that, but you know that's also a place where I I can see myself, you know, just meeting the guys where they are versus what my expectations of right. them are. I mean. Right. When you came here, you know, one of the things you've been great at, obviously, is helping us behind the scenes with a lot of our technical development stuff and our processes and those kind of things and streamline those things, which a lot of your gifts and talents um, focus on, which has been a great blessing. But obviously, you have come up with ways to interact with the guys. Maybe you can kind of highlight what are the ways you interact and what have you learned from those particular exposures? So the first year I was here... um, Jeremy and I went and were certified on the MRT program. Now, I haven't continued a lot in being a facilitator. I'm more of a third string when when I need to fill in. But I did for a while. I was doing that a little bit more. And, of course, that was real out of my comfort zone, um, facilitating a 12-step program. And where you're hearing, you know, the guys are having to share their backgrounds. And um, and it was a very – that was immediate, you know, baptism into this is a – um, this is a different situation than the bubble that I was living in. And, but, you know, even within that, I knew that what the program was doing, not just MRT, but our program was doing was, was 100% an answer for, for that brokenness. And so I felt actually drawn to that and, and not something I, you know, that I needed to keep at arm's length that it's like, okay, you know, and learning about, you know, the, the, just the difficult situations these guys have grown up in and, and my heart was just breaking for them more than it was, you know, any kind of way I want to repel that. Um, but you know, really the main, I guess the main way I've stayed in contact throughout most of the years here has with the guys 
particularly is through teaching. And the longest class I've done is a communication class, communication skills. You know, at first, it's really funny. At first, it was highlighting real practical skills of, you know, how you interview. And, you know, just even when I'm not doing very well now, sit up straight, you know, lean forward and enunciate well. And and there's a lot of value in that. But what it's grown into is actually a lot more about interpersonal relationships and, you know, being, trying to be a good listener and, mm-hmm. you know, being careful about your tone and your body language, which is funny because that's a great, it's a great lesson for me pretty much every time I go over some mm-hmm. of these. I mean, I need to be careful about this. I can feel when I'm getting frustrated now and I can hear the sarcasm come out in my voice and it's like, mm-hmm. that's not helpful, Stuart, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I, connecting with the guys there, I mean, the only regret on teaching is I only teach during the first month. And mm-hmm. so once the guys move on, I, I, I kind of lost contact with them. Of course, we added a class, which is my favorite time of the week, bar none. And that's the Friday class on identity. And it's really a class about what does, what does God say about who we are coming out of the book of Genesis in mm-hmm. the first few chapters. And I just love that class. I love to see the guys as they connect with the idea that they're creating the image of God. They're created for a purpose. And uh, God has given us a calling to be a part of his good work here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting to know the guys a little better. And now that, um, you know, in the last year or so, I've been doing bank in the morning. And, and now I'm seeing the guys much more regularly. And it's interesting how even though I'm not with them, on the, uh, as I said, with, you know, your side of things on the front line of counseling and, and really formally, you know, uncovering the issues of recovery. But in that informal time in the bank, you know, they open up because, mm-hmm. you know, and, right. and now become kind of this, you know, um, on the fly mentor mm-hmm. and asking questions about family. And, you know, that's all, that's all things that I would not have had. I just wouldn't have been a part of that had I remained right. in kind of that corporate, you know, world. Um, and, and, and it's really great to see around here. We're, we're starting a mentoring program more, more formally than we have in the past. And, you know, even that's going to be tough if it's just 30 minutes a week, an hour a week, and it's a great start and we need it. But, you know, being a part on the inside and just being around the guys has, has really, um, shown me the power of, you know, what a Christian life can look like mm-hmm. to those who haven't experienced it. Right. Right. That's awesome. You know, um, as you reflect back on this experience, how long have you been here now? Five and a half full-time years. And then the pretty much the year before that was, you know, part-time mm-hmm. and volunteer. So about six and a half yeah, years Yeah, about total. six and a half years. And, you know, during that time, I guess, um, in being exposed to something that's very otherworldly from the world you had been in for so long, um, what do you identify as maybe some of the key growth areas for your life like where i mean i thought about if i could just ask your wife okay how has stuart changed mm-hmm. in six and a half years mm-hmm. from this experience what would she identify or some of those core ideas yeah i think i'm i'm more sensitive to people um i you know still maybe not what i would like to be <laughs> but i i definitely am um again bef- before my life was really about the work you know, and even in my kind of my church ministry, even that was about, you know, wasn't about people per se, front and center. It's about the technology and the AV. Right. And even as a song leader, it's about the structure and, right. uh, you know, and, right. and having a service. 
And all those things appeal to me, you Mm -hmm. know, as something you can map out and, you know, you can kind of go step by step and nail. Um, I think much, much more so like just in the morning, just a small thing. You know, right now we have a group of guys who you probably notice them every morning there in in the eating area, Mm -hmm. you know, around the coffee and the breakfast that's left over and just, you know, just stopping by and talking with them briefly and Mm -hmm. um, letting, you know, I don't know, it it, it hits my mind every, you know, it's like, just letting them know that, hey, they're, we care about them, you know, and even though I'm not doing anything specific to prove that to them mm-hmm. in that moment, but hey, I'm here, you know, just just taking time out to divert and a guy's, you know, as I'm walking across campus and a guy's sitting down on the pavilion, just, hey, you know, and and that's not in my nature necessarily. Um, and it certainly was, I mean, I could go, I could go a whole week back in the day of, me making some phone calls, some email, and really not having any kind of real, you know, conversation with anyone that, you know, didn't have something to do with work. And, right. and that's not healthy at the end of the day. Um, so that would be one big area, just being more aware of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really, really great at that. And, and I know it drives you. It's really what, um, and, and it's just not, not again, in my nature. I mentioned patience. I think within that, that's, that's been, um, a different thing. Not, I tell you one thing I alluded to earlier is, is not always jumping to the quick answer. It's in my nature again. And in my, it's actually in my training to right. do that right. because in my previous world, if something was broken, it had to be fixed right away. Otherwise mm-hmm. that now it might, there might be a better fix later, but we have to immediately fix something. And so I'm, I try to be not as quick to come to a conclusion mm-hmm. on those things. Cause it's not always, the best thing I spend a lot less, you know, I'm not a meeting guy. I spend a lot <laughs> less. I, I, I want to, you know, sit back more and let other people, you know, kind of work out and hear, even if I think I know, you know, this would be a great quick fix, you know, and, and being careful on that. Um, and, you know, I think the other thing is being more expressive about uh, to other people about being involved in ministry, even to our friends who are working full-time jobs and just sharing this blessing of what it means. And right. so, you know, I teach very regularly uh, the church I'm at now on Sunday mornings and I am I, almost every week I'm using a His way. I mean, this is where church is really happening. This is where the kingdom is really happening. It's very, very obvious. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen other places, but and getting to highlight that and trying to inspire other people mm-hmm. Um, has been much, much more part of my life, even in the last few years than it was in the first couple of years I worked here, because it went from being, okay, this is a job to now being a ministry, you know, within that time. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, the last, last thing I was going to ask you about is, I don't, you know, obviously none of us know what God has in store for us in the future, but maybe as you looked in the future here, where do you kind of see yourself going? You kind of, is there kind of a, I really want to, ooh, what about this? Or is there any thoughts you have in terms of where, where you see this going? See, that wasn't on the list of potential <laughs> questions because of all the questions that you ever get, like on performance reviews and stuff, it's like, where do you see your, these, these, it's, it is 100% not the way um, I, I think. And that's not necessarily great. It just is. Again, I remember some of those early conversations here. I, I told I told you and Bill, you know, I'm not a CEO vision kind of guy. I'm a hey, we have a plan. Let's make it let's make it happen. And so um, I really honestly I, I, I see I want to remain a part of this team and 
um, you know, see things get deeper and grow. And thankfully, there here, here's what I'm very thankful for. There are a lot of people like you and others on our board and our board committees now. And obviously, our staff is a lot bigger than it was when I came first came to work. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who are who are creating some of those visions for his way. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you know, this can be no surprise to you. I, I would not have been the champion to go plant his way Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hey, we're doing it. Let's support it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that's where I'm most successful and mm-hmm. where my role is best. So, yeah, I, you know, just continue to be a part of this. And whatever, you know, whatever we see as a great way, direction to go, mm-hmm. then let's do our best to right. make that happen. Amen. Well, I appreciate you sharing today very yeah. much. And, you know, obviously, you know, I've, I appreciate you in so many ways in terms of the gifts and talents. One of the things I love about your story is that here you are with a very strong technical background, and you wouldn't typically look at a recovery ministry and say, "Oh yeah, here's a place where I'm going to execute right. my, you know, my computer technology skills and all that kind of stuff in recovery ministry." And yet, there's been a place to do that, but it's also been broader than that, and it's helped you grow and realize that your gifts and talents in ministry here. And I think for a lot of our viewers and listeners, you know, to think about. You know, you may be sitting on the sidelines looking at, well, I'd like to be involved in ministry somehow, but I'm kind of a, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a silo guy. Yeah. I sit in my office and yet there's a place for you too. And there's Absolutely. a place that you can find fulfillment in the kingdom and really find, um, move past just, um, you know, a job and a career into real significance and really being a part of something that is more eternal and, and has a greater impact. And um, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. And I appreciate you listening and viewing us today, if you'd like to learn more about His Way, you can check out our website at hiswayinc.org.